Welcome to the LC Parent Podcast, where we get real about the struggles, victories, and laughs we share as parents. All right. We are so glad that you guys are with us. I'm so pumped. I say that every time, don't I? I am so pumped. And it's really because we are so fortunate to have such great guests on our show. Every single month, God just brings us the most amazing, passionate, talented, gifted people. And this month is no exception. Um, I'm going to introduce you to a great friend of mine here in a second. But if you're new with us, my name is Allie Evans, and I wanted to let you know essentially what we're about. This is the LC Parents Podcast, and this is a podcast that we've created primarily for the families, the parents and adults who are raising children, whether it's grandparents or fosters or single parents or whatever your dynamic is, that are raising families and you call Life Church home. However, our content really isn't all about Life Church. So feel free to share this episode with anyone that you think might find benefit. Any of our episodes, we hope that you are liking and sharing and reviewing and all of those things. Five stars, I don't know. I don't even know all of the things. But if you like what we're doing and if it's helpful to you at all, I, I hope that you're able to engage in that way. My role at Life Church is I lead the ministry that is responsible for kids and students. So Life Kids and Switch primarily, and then the partnership we have with Life Groups and Missions as they really minister to and through parents. And so all of that sort of makes up our next-gen energy here at Life Church. And we hope that at church that you feel fully supported. But more than that, I love it that you feel supported when you're at church, but my prayer is that you feel supported by your church all the time seven days a week, that you know that we are for your family, your campus pastor, kids pastor, youth pastor, everyone on the campus is for you, and we want you to be successful. So two primary goals of this podcast. We know that, man, parenting is hard. Sometimes you can feel like you're doing it in isolation. If you're anything like me, I can remember sitting on my kitchen counter bawling and thinking, when my children graduate from high school, they will leave this house and never return. They they don't like me. And I just had zero confidence. I was a pastor. I loved Jesus. They were raised in church and I still had zero confidence in, you know, some of the decisions that I made and some of the parenting. So we know how challenging that can be. And then we also want you to be in community. So we hope that you're in a great life group. We also pray that you'll go to our Facebook group, LC Parents, and ask to join that group. There are around 11,000 people that are a part of that from campuses all over the country. And we just want you to find community there as well as in your life group. I want this to feel like you're sitting down with my friend Jessica and I and having a cup of coffee. So Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thanks for having me. <laughs> she is drinking a I cup love of coffee. coffee. <laughs> Jessica introduced me to my new favorite coffee, which was a, oh gosh, There's what was no it? Cardamom. Oh, yeah. It was a cardamom latte with cardamom syrup. I've never had anything like it. I went and I bought like powdered cardamom. Oh, not the and same. Try- nope, not, not the, the same. same. Mm-hmm. So I need to come back to your coffee shop. And yes. so Jessica Wazak has been a friend of mine for years and years and years. She actually grew up in Switch Ministry and grew up at Life Church. How old were you when you started serving in Life Kids? 16. 16. <laughs> 16. Mm-hmm. Served in Life Kids, served in Switch, was on staff at Life Church, was a kids pastor at a few different campuses, had influence across the entire organization because of how amazing she is and how she leads, wound up leaving Life Church. God called her into some different areas of ministry, moved to Idaho, moved back, 
and now she is the director of Oklahoma Safe Families. So we're so glad you're with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a journey and I'm just grateful to be a part and to still be connected to this incredible church that does phenomenal ministry across the board, but specifically kids and students is is what kept me, right? Like it is the most (laughs) incredible opportunity to see kids and families that are impacted by the ministry that happens here and by the connections with leaders, with adults and students who are serving and, and just pouring into the lives of others. So... You know, I'm glad that you said that. And and actually, it's all of a sudden kind of a light bulb moment for me that I know you so well. We've known each other for years. And so I almost take it for granted that you grew up in Switch and you served in Life Kids and all those things as a, essentially a child. You were 16 years old when you yeah. started serving. And the truth is, I do love it. That Switch was such a positive influence in your life and that somehow Switch and your leaders there played some role in helping you shape your identity in Christ and helping you understand the calling in your life. That's so important. And I love it that even all these years later, that in a volunteer capacity, you know, as a professional leading an entire nonprofit organization, that you're still contributing as a volunteer leader in Mm -hmm. student ministry at Mm -hmm. Switch. And I just am am so thankful for that. So thank you. Actually, that's kind of where I want to start, oddly. That wasn't my intention to kind of segue that way, but... Let's talk about that. You know, we're, we're always talking about opportunities to walk out our faith and how important it is that as we're growing Christians, as we're growing in our faith, and as we're leading families, again, our audience for this podcast is parents, as we're leading our families, setting the example for what it looks like to walk out your faith. Which when I say that, what I mean is typically serving in some way, serving at your church, serving in the community. And I just want to talk about that for a minute. So even from your perspective as a 16-year-old back in the day, talk about what that meant for your developing faith and how important that was for you and how we want to be able to encourage our parents that are listening to invite their kids to serve in ministry. Yeah. I have about 7,000 thoughts. (laughs) That's okay. I'll, That's I'll try to give all of our conversations that <laughs> every we've time, had. every time. So I'm gonna need 17 podcasts. Okay, but I'll I'll try to be concise. I think a couple things are true. As I've thought back about my own journey of faith, we all have experiences that we've had that shape who we are and the way that we live in the world, the way that we make decisions, and as leaders and as parents, those decisions shape the way that we lead our kids. And they're looking, whether it's kids or students, they're looking at us going, how am I supposed to fit in the world? But the reality is we know that when particularly kids and students, when they can be a part of the bigger church and part of the larger community, that's when you actually take this sort of faith concept that seems really big and broad and can actually make it our own. And so I grew up serving. I actually found myself sharing a story um, about my mom recently. In the thing is, we had struggles in our family, but my mom was faithful to love people really well mm. and just invite people in. And so even as a teenager, we had a really small house and there were a bunch of us living in this tiny little house. And one day I came home from school and this lady is sitting on our couch and I was mm. like, Hello, after school mom and stranger. (laughs) Hi, I'm, you know, I'm Jessica. And um, my mom just introduced her as a new friend. Mm. And I was like, oh, 
okay. I don't remember her name, to be honest, but I'm going to call her Kim. And so Kim's chilling on her couch and they're sharing stories. And she just had the most contagious laugh. But I left going. I just like walked into my room, put my backpack down and like left because I was like, this is weird. Stranger people here. And so I walked out of the house and we, for the rest of the evening, my friends and I that lived in our neighborhood, just listened to this lady laugh hysterically on my couch. Well, come to find out, you know, several weeks later, I'm like, okay, mom, who is this random lady? Was she still at your house? Staying on our couch for a couple days. It was only a couple days. And and come to find out she was somebody who was homeless and just was in transition and didn't have a place to go. And so my mom had met her and invited her to come and stay with us. And it was just the most striking, like, okay, we don't have that much. um, Mm -hmm. But what we do have is like we, every bed in this place is full and every, you know, chandelier, if there were chandeliers have been swung from. (laughs) And so there's like nothing you could ruin or break, but like we have an open couch. And so, um, my mom just was such that. a servant, even in in this space where we didn't really have a lot from the onlook to offer. And I think because of her generosity and just being willing to always have my friends over, always open kitchen, open pantry, open like couch. our open couch, I my friends that. were always there. People were always at our house. I think the idea of service just became part of not just what we do, but who I am. Mm. And I think that's true for kids and students across the board. When you grow up and when you have parents who just model having people around, having community, having a relationship with God, reading your Bible. I I remember another time going to stay at my um, pastor's home back home in Idaho. And one of the coolest things is every morning my pastor would get up and he would sit in a particular spot in the living room and have his cup of coffee in his Bible. And Ooh. I didn't witness that growing up. My parents were not following Jesus, but going into this home and knowing like this is just a part of who he is. And it was just such a, even as a 19 year old, like an imprinting moment of going, it's not just like because he's a pastor, right. he's doing this thing. That's part of his rhythm in life. And yeah. I was like, how cool would it have been for his kids that that every morning they just saw like, all right, this yeah, dad, dad gets up and reads the Bible and spends time with Jesus. And so I think some of those things, we want to say the right things to our kids. We want to we want to do the right things. But man, they're just, mm. um, the way we live our lives is yeah. such a reflection and such a part of, of how, you know, how they grew up viewing the world. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. I love the story of your mom because like you'd mentioned, she wasn't a Christ follower at that time. And so she was just generous. And you saw the example of what does it look like to give generously? And you shared your house was small and there's a whole bunch of you. So I'm guessing there weren't just financial resources flowing out of your ears. So for her, generosity looked like you can have my couch for a few days. And that is just such a an incredible example. And then again, with your pastor, and you lived with your pastor and his wife for a season of time. Is that I lived with a family in our community, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which we'll, we might hit on yeah. that a little yeah. bit later. So then when you were 16, then you, an easy way then for you to follow mm-hmm. your mother's example, since you didn't have your own house with a couch, right. was <laughs> you chose to serve. Yeah. And that's how God chose to use you and a way for you to take that example that your mother set and then serve mm-hmm. other people. And so at 16, you started serving in Life Kids. Yeah. So I started serving in Life Kids, which um, truly is the reason that Life Church became my home because I got so connected with not just the kids and families, but also the leaders I got to serve with. And as a 16-year-old, to have other adults who were like serving with me in this four-year-old room, and it's like, you know, just the most fun chaos, but getting to teach them about Jesus 
And we would spend time like praying together and we would, I mean, we just connected on life. And so that experience, as I became an adult, I was like, man, I want these students that I'm pouring into to have that same experience. And so as a switch leader, I started with a group of sixth grade girls and they're all super pumped to finally be in youth ministry. And they have the opportunity at that time to step into serving. And so we all, as a small group from switch, signed up to serve in Life Kids Mm. um, because most of my girls actually like kids, which is fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> and I so they that. got to start exactly. <laughs> they got to start serving and investing some of the things that they're learning and just life in some younger kids. And I think it can be a model. Like as a parent, you can model that. Sometimes we we pick up things like from our kids, right? Like mm-hmm. we're like, oh, my kid wants to serve. Maybe I maybe I should do that too. Yes. And just being a part. But I think the biggest thing that people should know about serving is it really does become an extended community, mm. and it just goes from this thing we do to a part of of life and who we are. We all need people around us. And so serving is just such a beautiful way to find people who are like-minded and who have similar experiences or similar gifts or similar passions or things that they get excited about. And so... I just think it's the best way to connect. Yeah, that's that's so good. All of that was so great. And you know what? Let me just inform you, parents, in case you don't know, at Life Church, we encourage every single young person at sixth grade. That's kind of our, you know, the rite of passage is you have to be in sixth grade. So the minute after kids graduate fifth grade, they're like knocking on their youth pastor's door, or life kids pastor's door saying, hey, how do I get signed up to serve? It's a great way for sixth graders to begin Again, walking out their faith or serving or taking the next step in their faith. Oftentimes up until that point, some kids are attending church weekly or if you're like many of us, you're attending once every couple of weeks or maybe once a month in real life. And so you're attending at church online the other weeks. But your students, your young people at sixth grade can begin serving every single week, either on host team or in life kids. And they're so welcome. And we recognize that that's not only a great way for them to walk out their faith and begin to serve, but it's also a great way for them to kind of accidentally have new mentors. Because if I'm a sixth grader and I'm serving in a four-year-old room with a 24-year-old and a 44-year-old, I have these two new mentors in my life. Like not on purpose, it just sort of happens. And so parents, that is a great way for you to get other great adults speaking truth into your child's life, being a great influence in your child's life. So let me just say again, plug, plug, plug. Every sixth grader and up should be serving at church. Absolutely. Um, For sure. (laughs) In uh, Life Kids. No, I'm kidding. Host team is a fantastic (laughs) place to serve. So definitely any place on the weekend, get your kids engaged. And, you know, Jessica, you mentioned that sometimes it's funny. We'll have young people who begin serving Mm -hmm. and then we'll have parents come up and go, okay, my kids have been serving since the summer and I feel like I probably ought to serve too because they're here for two hours and... What am I going to do the second hour? So it's so cool that kids can be an influence on their parents. Okay, so I want to move into Safe Families, Oklahoma, yes. and all of our other mission partners. I want to mention, I'm, I, I need a whole episode probably with John Mays, who's been on the show before, to talk about all of our local mission strategy, what we do, how we empower families, what we're doing in our communities, how we're pursuing justice and all of those things. Also, local mission partners, every one of our campuses have organizations that they partner with. Actually, here's the quick and easy way. Go to life.church forward slash neighbor, and you'll find a list of your campus and all of the associated local mission partners. These are organizations that are doing incredible things in their communities, 
and you can be a part of that. So go to that website. That's going to be the easiest way for you to find out what's available in your specific community. But Jessica, I want us to talk about the organization that you are a part of and that you now encouraged me to be a part of. And I'm so excited about it. I've been involved with Safe Families for a year and I could spend three hours talking about all of my experiences and how wonderful it's been. You are a local mission partner for several of our locations here in Oklahoma. And I believe we're going to be expanding, hopefully, that influence across some of our other states. So talk a little bit about what Safe Families does and how a family like mine can engage with that. And then how a family who is in need can reach out to find support from Safe Families. Awesome. I'm going to start and you may have to remind me to like come back to one of those questions. Okay. But I do want to give a quick blip about, so Safe Families Oklahoma, we are privately supported and we're locally implemented. However, if you are in a different state, if you're not in Oklahoma and you're interested in learning more about Safe Families, we are affiliated with the National Organization of Safe Families for Children. And they have multiple locations around the country and even um, around the world. And so there's lots of opportunities to get connected. Every state's kind of laws and things are a little bit different. So we there, there may be some minor differences, but the overall model of wrapping around families with support, wrapping around families who are struggling or in crisis to help them get back on their feet and have what they need to thrive, that is going to be true across the country and, and like I said, around the world in those, in those locations. So Safe Families Oklahoma has been around for about five years, and we have been able to see hundreds of families that have just needed help, needed a safe place for their children to be temporarily while they're addressing barriers, addressing challenges, whether it's health, mental health, employment, any kind of barrier that you may experience. And most often when you're going through a difficult time, for many of us, we have a grandparent or we have a parent or we have an aunt or a cousin that we could call and say, hey, I I just need help. This hard thing happened and I need a little bit of, of help. I need a little bit of time. Would you help with my two-year-old? Would you take them to school and back so that I can address these challenges? And there are just so many families that just don't have a single person um, in their world that they can call that is trustworthy and safe and healthy um, that they can reach out to in that crisis. And that is really the most incredible space for the church to step in because it's a space of just darkness where life can feel overwhelming. I think we've all been there where there's just so much going on around us or this really hard thing happens and you just can't see the light. Um, Mm. And you just need someone who can say, you know what, I got you and it's going to be fine. And and, uh, this is hard right now, but we can get through this and we'll get through it together. And that's where life groups come in. That's where community comes in. But for so many families in our community, they maybe aren't connected to a church and so they don't have that. They've maybe lived in a a cycle of generational challenges or poverty. And so the resources around them may not be the same as a a family in a different community, right? And Mm so what I recognize is what people need is all pretty, pretty similar. Like we all need food and shelter and we all need community and we all need, you know, different opportunities. But what we can do as the church is show up in those spaces and offer hope and offer support and offer honestly relational connection and as well as resources, but right. Real quick, let me. I just want to interject because you just rattled off just such good kind of the meat of what Safe Families is about. But I want to pause long enough to say, and, and you might be able to share the same thing. But certainly, Matt and I would admit that there have been times in our 27 years of marriage, and I would say, even in my childhood, there were times when we had to lean on yeah. a grandmother or 
a best friend or a life group, some trusted people in our life to say, listen, I need the weekend. Matt and I need to work this thing out. We've got to, we need to look at our finances. We need to whatever. We all come into some sort of trouble where it's like, I can't have two kids in the house right now. We've got to figure this thing out. I just need two days. And we, most of us have that, or a lot of us have that, but many of us don't. So I love that you're saying that. I just wanted to personalize it for a second because I think everyone listening to this call could probably in their mind go, yeah, when we were kids, I had that experience. We, we had to go to grandma's house for about a week, you know, or in my current marriage or in my life now, I've needed a place for my kids to go. So I just wanted to personalize it for a second, but Help us know how can we, as part of the families who are listening, how can we be of support through Safe Families? I know there's a lot of information. And then how could a family who is potentially in need of this sort of support who may be listening grab a hold of that? Yeah. So let me respond to that with a story because I think sometimes it helps to imagine who that might be. And the reality is I don't have the authority or access to share somebody else's story. I would never want to share something that's not mine to share, but I can share my own story. And so I did at one point realize I was going to be recording a video and I was like, I should probably make sure that like my mom's actually okay with me sharing this story. So I called her and was like, hey, (laughs) so I'm about to go record this video in literally 10 minutes. Are you good? I should have thought about it sooner. But anyway, she was, of course, willing. And when I shared about this opportunity as I was stepping into from sort of church ministry into, say, families, when I told her about it, she was like, well, that's that's what we did right? Like that's the experience that you had. And I was like, yeah, exactly. So, you know, growing up, we moved around quite a bit. And like I said, we had a pretty small home and a small space, but we kind of always had an open door. At the same time, there was just a lot of challenges in our own home and our own experience. All of us have the ability to both be a helper Mm. and to get help or need help. And so that's the thing that I think is really incredible is when we can sort of look at our world, not as like those who have and those who don't have, Mm -hmm. but really like we all have times and spaces and things to offer. And we all have times where we need help and how we can kind of do both in different seasons. So good. So anyway, long story short, we were living in a community pretty far away from our family and that often, you know, when domestic violence or when things um, of that nature are part of your story, you're often separated from family supports, from relational supports, from people around or community. Mm. And, And that was certainly the case for us. And when we got to that place, we didn't really have anyone to call, right? So there there wasn't family and friends around. We lived in a community that was pretty remote. What ultimately ended up happening was our sole provider actually ended up um, become going in, becoming incarcerated, and that left our family with nothing, mm-hmm. with where are we going to live, what are we going to eat, how are we going to, you know, survive. Right. And at that point, we had a neighbor. And to be honest, I don't know how they heard about it or about the situation about us, but our neighbor called and said, you know, hey, would you be comfortable? Would you allow allow Jess to come and stay with us until you figure out where you're going, until you figure out, you know, what you're going to do? And so my mom was like, thank you. Like, I have no idea. That would be amazing. And so I actually ended up going and staying with um, our old neighbors for about four months. And it allowed me to stay in my school, connected to my community, connected to the people that I knew cared about me Mm. while my mom was trying to figure out where are we going to live and where am I going to work and how are we going to survive, right? So even in this really difficult season, I was separated um, from my mom, but I was able to keep my community and stay kind of as consistent and steady as possible. And it allowed her the time and space to be able to 
to figure out all of those other things. And it ended up being about four months, but that's what happens so often for families that are needing help, right? So there will be an issue or a crisis that happens, and then they call, say, families, or they call a local church, or they call a community organization that they're working with and say, you know, I need help. And what we can do as the church is say, well, our family, we have a space. We have a open bedroom or we have, you know, empty seats in our car. And so we could actually respond to that need. Um, But what Safe Families does is kind of be that bridge in the middle. So we have, you know, a whole process that we vet volunteers and make sure that you have everything that you need to be able to do that safely and that we abide by all the laws and that we do all the things that help make that safe. But then you have have actual paperwork so that if you need to enroll a kid in school or you need to um, take them to the doctor, you have the appropriate things to Mm -hmm. do that. But it doesn't take away any of the rights of that parent. And so that's kind of the unique thing about Safe Families is we're saying, church, like we want you to come along and be a part of this. And just opening your home or inviting somebody in or having somebody extra around your table. Um, But we want to do that in a way that's healthy and safe. And we want to support you in that process. So I think that you know, Matt and I, when the light bulb finally went off for me about what it was that you do, because I've heard all these amazing stories, and I finally realized, okay, so what you're saying is that Matt and I just need to be willing to open our home, and you'll match us with kids or a family that need additional support. Mm-hmm. And that it was super easy. Like, I didn't have to do anything except do some incredible training, which created some real sensitivities in my heart and in my behaviors towards kids. It, it really just helped me be a better parent and hopefully a grandparent someday. But you matched us with a family that had a need at that time, right? As at the time that we sort of got certified or lack of a better term, I'm not exactly even sure what the term is, but the kids came and lived with us for three months and we are in love with these children. Matter of fact, I just had a great conversation with mom. So the kids have been home for a year, but they come and stay with us every weekend. We're like, we're Gigi and Papa to the kids now. And we have become a part of their family. So we helped meet a need while their family was in crisis this time last year. But now we're just family, you know, and it's beautiful. They will be at our house for Thanksgiving, trying to figure out if they're going to spend the night Wednesday night or what that's going to look like. But they're a part of our family and they're certainly a blessing to us. They are, we're in love. But anyway, all of that to say, yeah. So there are so many opportunities. What Matt and I are doing is called being a host home, Mm -hmm. but there are friends and family that come around. And so our adult kids have been a part of supporting this family as well. And gosh, have provided all sorts of needs. In fact, I was out of town and the girls went and picked up the kids this weekend in my absence and did all kinds of fun stuff with the kids. So there's just all sorts of ways that people can serve and engage and be a support. Not every everyone wants to have or will have a story where it's like, oh, we're connected forever. But whatever that looks like, there is a place uh, for you to engage and to provide support or find support. Like you said, families, we're going to all find ourselves in need or in a position for both of those things. So Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say, because this is a parent's podcast, is it really does make an impact when you are. And and I think the beautiful thing about Safe Families is really you can serve as a family and you're kind of bringing ministry to you. Like Ali said, you don't have to be a host family where you open your home. You can be a family friend or you can operate. You can serve as a coach. You can do lots of things. And I would encourage you, whether you think that Safe Families is a great fit for you or not, like your family can make an impact 
a hundred percent of the time with just people who are in your community. And Mm -hmm. so being aware of, um, just the needs of people around you. Um, I was literally talking to a mom this morning who was like, we were at the park the other day with our kids and ran into this lady and we ended up talking and connecting and found out that she had some challenges. And so like me and my kids ended up being able to be a support and just an encouragement to this mom. And I just love that. Like we have opportunities to serve all around us. And so while Safe Families can help you do some things in a really structured way, in a way that's helpful to bring people, you know, who are, who are in a struggle into a place of restoration, there's lots of opportunities to do that in your everyday life. And so don't miss that um, opportunity to just model that to your children. That's so good. That's so good. And again, like Doc Church forward slash neighbor, you can find all of the local mission partners that are associated with your campus. And many of those are going to be places where you're, you're, you may feel drawn. There's opportunities to tutor. There's opportunities to meet all sorts of needs in different capacities. So be sure and go take a look at that. Also, we are going to have a discussion guide that will go along with this podcast episode. We hope that you'll print that off, take that. And use it this week in your life group. And if you're not in a life group yet, <laughs> get you one. Find get you one. one. They're the literal best. <laughs> yeah. Got to be in a life group. And use this and, and inspire each other. Really challenge each other in your life group. If you find that, you know what, we haven't been serving. We're not serving at church. We're not serving in the community. Find your spot. Find your fit. And just know that that is part of what it looks like to become the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank Absolutely. you so much. For yes. being with us and serve together too short yes always serve together <laughs> always all right well we'll see you guys this week at church